Hello, and welcome to the Truck Schmucks Podcast. The views and opinions that you hear on the show do not represent the agency or fire department that we are part of. These are strictly our opinions and our views. This also includes our guests that come on the show. With that in mind, we thank you for your continued support and sit back and enjoy the show. All right, Michael, you're ready. Hello, everybody. Here's my less enthusiastic intro. It's been a long day. I'm tired. So my disclaimer is I'm going to be a little less animated. But here we are on our season two. We took a little break. We were getting a little freaking tired there. I have no idea what episode it's going to be, but it's going to be season two, episode one. So who cares about the episode count? One, two, one, but not 21. Anyways, so here we are. We're back. It was what, maybe like two weeks, something like that. Just take a short little break, talk about the same thing I just talked about. Um, we got more guests. We have a recurring guest, a repeat, and then we have a new guest. So y'all know the old guest, hopefully. But new guest, hello. If you can introduce yourself and everything. Hi, I'm Abby. Um, I am the creator of Confessions of a Firefighter Wife and the founder of CFFW Foundation Inc. That, that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> you want more? <laughs> um, so I am a firewife. My husband and I have been married for um, 10 years now. We've been together for 13 and um, been with him every step of his career before it started and all of the above and yeah so I started blogging about it three years ago when um, we went through one of our toughest seasons where he started commuting seven hours away and um, he was home only two days a week and it was really hard time of um, we just had a newborn baby our second child and um, so yeah, I started blogging about it and the things that we go through at home and, or at least what I was going through at home, um, and just kind of went from there and just let it lead me to what I have now. So he, like, we don't have to get into particulars, but, um, on, on the website, he, he was a hot shot. Was this during that mm -hmm. time as a hot shot? So when he was a hotshot, we were dating. Um, this was 2008 season. And um, that was the first season that he was a firefighter. Um, so we had been dating a year before that. And then when he actually started off on an engine, that engine got shut down. And uh, they sent him to Hotshot Crew, which was the one place we agreed he wouldn't work because I know how much they're gone and um, what they get put in front of. And so that was a struggle in itself. Um, crazy story behind that, too, just him telling me that he was getting sent to Hotshots. Um, I was working for um, a rural mail route that day. I had found a dead body on the mail route. 
and I came home and it was like, oh yeah, by the way, I, this happened too today. And so it just started off the hard stuff, you know, just started instantly. So, um, yeah, we, he did a season with the hot shots. And then after that, we had, um, talked about marriage and, um, what we saw our life looking like in the future. And then we kind of decided that we wanted to go a different route and he ended up with Cal Fire, which is who he's still with now. He's a captain and, um, yeah. Oh. Excellent. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I kind of answered all my questions. But so when you when you started the blog, was it like just like a way to get the anger, the frustration, or just something to kind of let all that out when you're because, you know, wildland crews are out for 21 days, you know, 21 day rolls at, at max. And, you know, being by the sounds of it, California, it, judging on the wildfire season, depending on the wildfire season, it could be a little bit longer. So it was, it was that how it all started was like, I, I'm pissed off and I need to do something to let it out or. No, um, actually. So when I started blogging, my husband was already with Cal Fire. Um, so this was about three or three years ago that I started. And the reason that I started was more because I felt there was nothing out there. Like at home, I'm looking online, like something to relate to, like, gosh, I feel like no one knows what I'm going through at home. Like what the heck? Like, I feel like I could, sometimes I would go on, like, um, find funny memes to look at. And there was still not even that wasn't very, um, there wasn't a lot of resources for and it was just kind of like, there's nothing out here to really relate to. And so I just felt kind of like there was a bigger need of, well, why not start something that other people can relate to? And it wasn't so much an anger thing towards my husband's career. It was more of like, I can't be the only one going through all this stuff. Like, and I knew I wasn't because I have fire wife girlfriends and, um, just kind of led into it that way more of I saw a need and it was something that I just thought I'd start and see how it goes and yeah I didn't know what it would become <laughs> I can only imagine um you know as as close as you know the three of us are you know we all used to work together and it becomes like a tight little family I can only imagine what it, it's this, it has to be the same for the wives that they become their own like little support system in its own. Um, I know, I don't know if I'm a big movie buff um, in the movie. We, we are, we were soldiers. Um, you kind of, you know, once all the guys went, got deployed, you know, they all had their little jobs and all the wives had their little jobs. They all had their little niche to help each other out. Is, is that, is, is that kind of like the same in your, in your group? Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, for me, there's definitely two like other fire wives that I like, we're best friends. Um, that's who I go hang out with. That's who I talk to. Um, and beyond that though, I feel like, so my husband's department is all of California. He, you know, it's so the different departments, like he, when he started down, where he was working when I started blogging, that was seven hours away. So I couldn't like get a community with those firewives because I wasn't going to drive seven hours to go hang out. 
but um, it, it, it is there. I do have farways there here locally that live around me and um, that we go hang out, so. Stephanie, I see you jump, biting at the bit. Jump in anytime. Yeah, so um, that's, a, that's a whole big timeline that you had. And um, it's really interesting that you said that you met him before he was a firefighter. So was he, you know, going through the process, at least, of getting on the job while you met? Um, when we first started dating, he was working tile. He um, was, I don't even know the proper term for it. I probably should, but like a tile setter. And um, he was, had done cadets before we were ever together. And, um, but it wasn't something that he had done for a few years. So I think when he realized our relationship was serious, he wanted more of something that was solid and um, he wasn't doing anything far when we first started dating. He uh, was just doing tile. And so we had talked about fire and his interest in it. And um, he knew people in the fire scene that were able to help him get hired on. So we went through the whole process together. <laughs> and that's, that builds a relationship for sure, because, you know, you, you didn't meet him in the career and you had to get acclimated. You were there supporting him and saying, hey, you want to go through this process. It's a life changing, um, you know, goal that you want. And it's going to affect my life, your life, our future little ones lives. And, you know, that that takes a lot for the significant other to say, like, hey, this is your dream and your goal. Like, I'm here for you, even if that means I have to, you know, make some sacrifices or have, you know, endless sleepless nights where I'm worried about you. Um, you know, I met my boyfriend in our volunteer fire department and his goal since he was born was to become a, a cop, a police officer. And mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to see him go through that process and become that. And, you know, it's, it's scary. You want to support them, but you know what that comes with. Um, so yeah. it takes a lot to be that significant other where you're, you know, kind of biting your tongue and saying like, I love you, whatever you need. And then you have those sleepless nights and, you know, you have your kids to, to try to comfort and say, you know, everything's fine. And I'm sure you had to make a million and one, you know, little white lies to keep your kids at ease during certain seasons and whatnot. So I can't imagine like the, the stress and and you know the the clutter in your mind going through this from you know before it was a reality into now you know so many years yeah. later well in all honesty too um i've talked about this before on um another time that i was on a podcast and it wasn't actually um a career that i wanted to be a part of um when my husband told me i well at the time he was my boyfriend um I kind of just broke down and I just said, I don't think I can be with someone in that career. And um, the reasoning behind that was because my sister at the time was a military wife and I was watching what she was going through. Mm, and wow. um, I was like, I don't want any part of that kind of lifestyle. Like I see the damage and the hurt and the hard things that happen when they're gone. And um, 
but we talked it out and we kind of just, you know, let's see how the season first season goes. And that was his hotshot season. So it was kind of baptism by fire and just kind of thrown in completely with, you know, here you go, here's your lifestyle. But I always knew um, my husband is who I was meant to be with. So for me, it was worth fighting for. So that's awesome. That's all it comes down to sacrifice on both, both ends, your Mm -hmm. end and his end. And um, I was going to ask like how you had to have known someone who was in like a similar position. And you just said it with your, your sister. My mom is a, uh, a firefighter wife. Um, my dad was FDNY for 24 years and it, uh, to be honest, like their marriage was crap since like the second year. Um, and that's when my dad got, you know, his letter for the Academy and things changed after that. So, um, you know, it, it's scary, but if both parties are in and open and honest and there's a transparency and there's a constant communication highway, then, you know, something like this can, can definitely work, but it doesn't come without, um, you know, tough times. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what can you pinpoint, like what was one of the hardest either seasons or, or times for you, or especially, you know, when you mentioned you were with your second um, newborn and, and he was away, f- what was going through your mind and, and what were some things that, you know, you would put out there on the blog and, and what was the feedback that you were getting through that? Yeah, um, I would say our hardest, for me, I guess I should say more, my hardest season um, was actually when before that, when I was pregnant with my second daughter, um, I've written about this in my blog. Um, I was 15 weeks pregnant and I started bleeding and, um, he was on a major fire and, um, he was working also his station was four hours away. So it wasn't like an easy drive home and to come check on me. And, um, I had called and did all the, you know, like called the doctor and everything. And they said to wait, but I still kept bleeding that night and I wasn't sure what was going on. And, um, I ended up in the ER. My brother came and luckily I have family close by and, um, he took me to the ER and it ended up being my placenta had torn from, um, the wall and about two centimeters. And, I got put on bed rest. I had a three-year-old at the time too to take care of. And I just was at my personal low. Like I didn't know what was going on. My husband's like, do you need me to come home? And for me, like I kept telling him no, that I don't want you home because for me, I felt like if he came home, that was saying something was bad was going to happen. Like that something wrong was truly going on. And so I was afraid for him to come home because I didn't, I was already losing it. And so, um, when he was gone, he was gone, I think like 18 days. And then he came home for two and then left for another, like, I don't, I don't remember. I think it ended up being like a total of like 28 days or something oh, like that. Like he was gone. And so pretty much the whole time I was on bed rest. And um, luckily for us, it turned out good. And um, my placenta had healed and um, but that made the rest of the pregnancy that much harder. And um, 
So that was kind of for me the hardest season because I had to endure a lot of like mental hard things and um, that yeah that was kind of my hardest season but for him I know drive when he started commuting the seven hours down to um, Riverside County um, he at, towards the end of his because way um, Cal Fire works like, there's a two-year commitment every time you promote and so we had we knew that doing that we were going to have a two-year commitment doing that and um, at least and so towards the end of that two-year commitment I saw the mental toll on him that it was taking constantly being gone and he did a lot of 14 days um, because if he got stuck or held on or mandatory um, just one day it was pointless to come home because his drive was seven hours so he was only home for like right. maybe 24 hours and um, so he did a lot of time away and so um, during those times too there was things that happened you know like the sinks filling up and coming out like uh, like what do I do like I've t torn the sink apart you know like the lawns need to be mowed I'm mowing lawns we at our home we only have a wood-burning stove we are kind of up in the mountains and so like I would have to go chop wood you know like to keep our house warm or um things like that so like those are like just small examples I guess of like the normal when he's gone um yeah but so you, you had to be mom and dad and lumberjack and cook and <laughs> and all that and that's I mean we know we know moms are resilient um first and foremost every every mom out there deserves you know, anything they want, but um, it's, I was going to ask, like, if, you know, you mentioned that he was taking a mental um, stress toll, and, you know, of course, because he, he's not home with you, he's not home with his kids, and on top of all the work that is piling up on him, so in writing, uh, you know, publishing your blog, and, and putting all of the your emotions and everything that you're going through out there hasn't made like the communication between you two a little bit better because then he's able to you know tap into what you're writing wholesomely about your experience and it, it's different when you're communicating over the phone or face to face but when someone has a letter or something published in front of them it's only they're only able to hear your voice and not kind of impede their own. So has it made that communication between you two about how you feel while he's away and about his profession like easier? Yes and no. Um, our, my husband and I have always had a very open communication um, with everything. Like even before I would publish the blog, I would send them to him. Like, can you read this? And for me, like oh, wow. a big thing about it was um, I wanted him to be comfortable with me talking about things and it not, I wouldn't ever want to publish anything that he wasn't okay with me saying that everybody could read. And right. so I wanted to read his feelings as well. So I would have him read um, them beforehand and I would never ever do anything to jeopardize his career or, you know, make, put him in a bad light because like I've said before, like he's my person, like that's who I'm going to protect over anyone else. So um, I would actually send them to him a lot of the times, uh, and have him read it first. So I think that kind of helped in that aspect. Like he, you know, 
would be like, yeah, or he would be like, maybe you should reword this in a certain way because I understand what you're saying, but someone else might not get what you're saying. Mm. So, Gotcha. That's interesting that, um, I mean, that's super smart because of course you don't want to ever jeopardize his position or take something out of context. So um, I, for me, I, I just, for an, you know, an outside person looking in, I, I think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to share your personal experience, your side of, you know, your life story with, with your husband. And um, I can't imagine that it, it would damper the communication lines between you two. And so I think, I think in that aspect, it's a beautiful thing on top of you being able to be the voice um, of so many women out there. Like you said, you know, just because there's not a, an open conversation doesn't mean that there aren't other women out there who are in your position and, and feel the same emotions and are, you know, stuck. And I'm sure you provide so much, um, not only reassurance, but, um, I know there's like mommy Facebook groups that you can join and it's like, Hey, my kid just did this. What do I do? So I'm sure like along the same lines, you've helped, you know, women deal with the same, you know, trials and tribulations that you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know from, from my perspective, um, there's been a few years um, since, you know, I've gotten back into the fire service because me and my wife, we, I was not a firefighter when we got married. Um, I was dealing with, you know, the mental aspect of, of firefighting that, that we hope to shed light on. Um, and, you know, she, she saw me at my low. And then when I got, I, I feel like I got better, you know, you know, the kryptonite went away. Um, and, um, you know, I was like, I'm, and then I live right down the block from a, a major mill fire in the city that I live in. And I looked out, I'm not going to do it, Travis. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um oh, oh, oh the mill's on fire on fire um i was like and just watching the crews walk past my house to this to this fire i was like i want to be there i want to i want to go and i couldn't and that that killed me i was like i need to get back into firefighting that bug just came in and bit me i'm like i'm back <laughs> and um soon before i even turned in my application to the department that i'm on now i'm like are you sure? She's like, yep, I'm sure. I'm like, you're going to let this beast out of the closet and there's no putting it back. <laughs> um, because I know how I am. I, when I get involved in firefighting, I, I am super conscious, conscientious of it now. But when I was younger, it was eat, sleep and breathe firefighting. Um, you know, in, and I wanted to go out West cause wildland's my thing. Um, uh, I'm a wildland nerd. Um, so Cal Fire, Cal Fire, yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, before COVID happened, you know, there was there was the opportunity. The opportunity was on the table. Um, the opportunity's been on the table several times, but I've always gone. I've always put my wife first because I it would be mean me leaving the state of Maine mm -hmm. and going out to you know Wyoming you know, this, this opportunity was in Oregon and I can't, I can't pack up my life, all of it and bring it with me. So I was like, 
you know, it's kind of, things happen for a reason. This time the, the opportunity was right there on the doorstep. The, you know, just, just come on out. And COVID happened and I'm like, nope. And then my <laughs> department my, presented me an opportunity. Um, more like it was, I was voluntold um, the opportunity. <laughs> um, Mike's making the face. Um, but, you know, and I, I'm happy. Um, it kind of gives me more time to do what I, the other love that I love, which is structural firefighting. Um, but I always thought about, you know, what if this happens here? I can't just drop what I'm doing and come back. So it's, it's, it's awesome hearing it from a different perspective. So I'm like, I, I feel like I made the wrong decision for myself, but it's not just me anymore. I'm not 21 and there's another person that waits for me and says, I love you before I walk out the door. And so it was nice actually hearing a, a wife's perspective on the job. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, Travis, do you, you guys look like you have your hamster wheels turning? Oh, I was distracted by the dog again. Oh, Jesus, Pepper. <laughs> I just, uh, so with your blog, do you have other firewives writing in and asking you how you deal with certain things, how maybe they could, I don't know, do things the way you do, how just how to deal with problems of being a firewife. Some of the problems that present themselves, do they ask you solutions? I don't know if that's the same question like three different times. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I get um, a lot of DMs or um, not so much emails or like responses to actual blogs, more on social media. I get um, some um, questions every once in a while or yes, I relate to that or um, there's been a couple of times where I've actually had firefighters asking me for advice too and you know this is going on how do I help my wife understand and so I answer them to the best of my ability um I'm only I'm so a firewife like I just living our life you know it's not like I'm a professional I've learned a lot doing this um through professionals that like I can repeat their advice but um one thing I always say, like, if I can't relate to what they're going through or like, I'll be completely honest with them. You know, I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers, but um, I certainly will sit with them and talk to them and be there for them if they need to talk about those things for sure. Nice. Is it, um, so do you have any of your other friend firewives that kind of write in with you or? So ironically, um, my two best friends that are firewives, um, they don't have social media or any of that. They know what I'm doing, but, and they totally support what I'm doing. Um, as far as the foundation part of it, we do have another firewife on there. Um, I actually grew up with her husband and, um, I've known her for a while too. And so, um, yeah, she, you know, we've had long conversations about things and part mostly like the foundation and uh, the nonprofit part, like what we'd want to see that, you know, happen there. And we have a um, female firefighter on the board and um, she's a wealth of knowledge and she's gone through her own mental health struggles and things that, you know, that she has such a great um, capacity of knowledge that she just brings to the table too. And as well as my husband and, um, his perspective. So. 
Well, so she's kind of like the, like kind of says this, uh, well, let's say you, let's say something's going on and she can kind of be there to be like, well, this might be how he's feeling. This is how he might be coping with it or something like that. So she could sort of be there to give sort of that voice of reassurance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of give like perspective. Yeah. It's like an inside informant as well as like what firematically could be going on, um, which is super cool because not only is she a female um, perspective, I'm sure she understands um, you, you know, female to female, but on top of being in the profession, it's kind of like more inside information um, that she could provide for you. So that's, that's a pretty cool bridge that she provides. Yeah, yeah, she's really awesome. Um, very busy, but um, she has a lot going on on her plate. Um, uh, someday I hope to bring on and kind of have her talk about, but it's not my story, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, That's it's, awesome. It's super hard when you're like, man, I, I, I have this friend, but I, it's, it's not my story to tell, but, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, and that's that's the wonderful thing about this this little community that we're we're part of um and it is like a family you know we you know us guys and female firefighters we say it we say it all the time we spend more time with the people in the firehouse than we do our own families and um and i know when i started my fire service career i did not want to get married because because i knew what came with the job and i didn't want to do that to a loved one and it kind of just happened, but in, you know, just my wife has been a rock star. Um, you know, I, I, I went through a, the, a very low, low point in my life. And, and she was like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need from me? Um, and I, and it got to the point where I was waking up with night sweats. I angry all the damn time. And just, just dealing with it in my own way, probably the wrong way, definitely the wrong way. Um, but she was, she was a rock star. Um, definitely should have divorced my ass, you know, a long time ago. I don't know how anybody could deal with my dumb ass for six years. Um, but you know, she's, she's stuck, stuck by me. And even during the whole promotional thing, um, you know, my first after it gets announced that I was made lieutenant, um, I woke up to Mike's girlfriend, who's also on the same department as us, you know, putting on a message saying like, "Hey, hey, we we need some help." And I'm like, I'm getting all my phone, my phone's blowing up, and my wife's like, "Oh, you mean the promotion that you didn't want?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, well, congratulations and bye. See you in an hour." Um, but she's kind of gotten used to used to me being you know, gone all, all the dang time in and out hours at a time. And that first structure fire, when I first got back in and it was, that was, that was not, not the greatest night, (laughs) but at least I, you know, I, I did my husbandly duty. I checked in and I was like, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, but yeah, I got to go home guys. My wife is going to be pissed. Oh, I got to go guys. My wife's going to kill me. She's going to be super pissed. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a thing um but yeah, it's uh, it's a whole story yeah, which actually we're after the episode possibly um but <laughs> but uh yeah it was I, a little bit expand on the foundation um is you know I really want to learn a little bit more about the foundation and my, I got the Irish tan going. Yeah. Um, so this last year, actually the last couple years, um, after blogging for a while, I kind of just, I realized there, there was like definitely a bigger need than I thought there was um, because I felt like through the blogging, you know, it's the firefighter doesn't understand what the home life's going through and the home life doesn't understand what the firefighter's going through. And like for me it was a way of like how do we combine the two together and I was going to spouses conferences and my husband was doing getting all this training with mental health and it was just like well I want to learn what you're learning like why can't I know that I feel like I should know that stuff and um when I'd go to spouses conference I'd come back and like try to re-explain to him like what I would had learned and it was kind of like oh cool like I don't that that's he would be like cool but like I don't, not the same as hearing it for himself. And so for me, it was, why isn't there something more for, to bring the two together, to learn those things together, one, and then also um, a way to kind of help that bridge that communication. Um, that's a term we use a lot is bridging the gap between the two, because for me, like there is a disconnect that can happen, you know, you're you're coming home from work, you're way up here still in like this hyper vigilance mode. And the wife, for me, like just total transparency, like I didn't know what the word decompression was until I started blogging. Like that to me is a problem. Like what, how come, you know, seven years into our marriage, I didn't know the word decompression. And so there's these things that for, as far as the foundation is concerned, like I want to bring knowledge to, and I want to be able to provide like education on and like when your husband comes home this is why he's so like angry or distant or disconnected like don't take it personally believe me I've gone down this path like I've you know gotten angry and I've gotten on him about it and then it wasn't until before I knew the word decompression I had figured out like okay you know he needs time to come back down to this level so I'm gonna give him that space and there's other times where he, you know, he had really hard calls and he would come home and I'm like, do you need to talk about this? And he'd be like, no, I you know, I'm good. And, but I always made sure like, are you really good? Like, are you okay? Not talking about it. Like you would tell me. And we, we do this to each other too. Like if I'm mad about something, he's like, are you sure you're okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to talk about it right now. So like, it's kind of this, way we communicate and um, I feel like there was a huge gap in that with the fire service and the home life because like you said a lot of your life is spent at the station like but we're also a very huge part of your life and the reason why you're going to work and providing for us and all these things so why can't we know what each other knows and why does there have to be a disconnect and so for the foundation I like we um, before COVID we had um a seminar planned with a psychologist coming to speak about these things. We had um, people who've gone through them, um, a couple coming to speak who have gone through like the deep, dark things, you know, and to like, but to also show you that like you can get through those things. And, um, but 
as well as like little workshops and just different like on social media I try to keep encouragement and posts you know that like help rather than hurt um and I don't believe in putting our firefighters down because they already go through a lot more I feel we need to be building each other up and providing those tools on how to do that so um you're totally sorry you're like totally changing I'm just like in awe because I don't think you realize how much you're changing the stigma and you're completely changing the game of um you know the firefighter goes to work experiences a lot comes home bottles it up the you know wife has been cooking cleaning taking care of the kids going to work herself and you know wants to talk to you wants to hear about your life but you know the sink is busted and this baby's crying and this and that and what about my needs and and then here comes, you know, the, the butting of the heads and you're just rams, you know, butting heads together. And, you know, it's just, you're, you're taking that and you're literally breaking it down and saying, I want to understand you and your profession and what you're experiencing physically, mentally. And I want you to understand my side and let's have a conversation about the two and be as open as possible. Or understand that you need this time like you said decompression is huge and to understand that and respect it even if you had a tough day or a tough week in your case a tough month without seeing him and you want to jump on him and give him kisses and tell him this that and the third but giving him that time to decompress and to be able to you know relax and then come to you when his time is ready and vice versa. Like mm -hmm. this is such a game changer and you're making strides in such a beautiful direction. And it's, it's going to totally, you know, flip, you know, how, you know, this family dynamic, cause that's what it is, you know, this whole family dynamic with, you know, not just firefighters, but first responders in general, it's, you know, this is such a beautiful thing that you're, you're creating. You know. Appreciate it. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's something that I am very passionate about. So, um, but yeah, it's, you live it too, <laughs> the home life. You're still living that far life, um, just in a different way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had something and I lost it. This happens every episode. I have something <laughs> and it's like right there. And then as soon as I start to let it out, it's like, oh, it's gone. I, I swear my patients give me dementia. Uh, it's contagious, I swear. Um, and that's. So write it in the chat and then you remember. Yeah. Um, and I, I carry a notepad and a pen right next to me, um, but I never really write in it. Um, but, you know, we, we've, we've danced around it we've talked about it, but like the mental aspect in, and you said it like, you know, your, your husband's gone for 24 hours at a day at a time or during, well, it's fire season in California, but there's no such thing as season anymore. It's a year. Um, but they're gone for so long and, you know, firefighters in general, just like you said, work at this, this level. And I always equivalent it to, um, you know, being in the military and everybody's like, how can you do, how can you do that job? You know, and you know, I usually quote my father. Um, and he's like, in the moment you got to be one of the coldest sons of bitches 
on the planet. You can't think about it because the moment you start thinking about it, you're, you might as well just pack it up and go home and quit. Um, and that's, that's really hard. And I never knew what he meant by that until I had to go through it. And, and of course, just my luck as a person, um, my first, my first fatal motor vehicle accident, you know, I find, find out the next day it was my, one of my good friends from high school. Mm -hmm. I was, I responded to that call and it always stuck with me. So, I mean, everybody knows that knows me personally. October is a really tough month for me, especially around Columbus day. Cause that's when the accident happened. I have dealt with my, my crap professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, but every year, uh, the, even during the summer, like this time of year is the worst, especially when you get overheated cars and you can smell that antifreeze brings you right back to that day. And I'm like, I, I start to clam up and I kind of, I, I know how, how to fight through it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's super tough. And, and the, one of the first times I went through that with, with my wife, she's like, are you, are you good? Are you good? I'm like, Nope, Nope. Just, just, uh, just, uh, you know, because I wasn't ready to talk about it with her. It's something that I didn't, you know, she always already had to go through my March deal. Um, you know, there's two, t there's certain times of the year where I'm just like, ah, like, you know, usually this year, not so bad because graduations never happened. And one of you know, the other things that I do, I deal with is kids de going through high school. I went to a, I went to a drowning and the kid is two weeks away from ground graduating high school. He's, uh, he's just turned 18. He still had his whole life to live. And that was, Hey, Hey kid, here's your first chance at CPR. Um, you know, how do you deal with that at, at, at the age of 19? This kid's a year younger than you. And you know, it, it just certain things in, in, in this job, it's just super tough. And I, you know, I saw my dad go through it. My dad refuses to talk about anything in his fire service career. Um, but, you know, there is one incident that he talks about kind of openly. Um, but I remember him coming back from this call, waking us up and giving us the biggest hug I've ever gotten from this man. And I never knew why um, until, you know, I started going through it. and. And then I realized, oh shit, you know, and this, this was another fatal car accident. The old department that I was on, we had a, like a, a 10 mile strip of highway and it, it wasn't anything like, uh, it was, it was odd not to have an, an accident on the highway. Um, if we went a weekend without it, it was odd. It was like, this is the first sign of the apocalypse, <laughs> but just, I, I can't imagine being a wife having to, to deal with that 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 sudden drop off and depression that that first responders go through and kind of mm -hmm. like have to will us to keep going but um like has has your husband ever really gone through that like i i just don't want to i just don't want to do this anymore um kind of like be here kind of thing like i guess suicidal thoughts i guess we could we, yeah not um, around the bush yeah no he fortunately for us he hasn't um which isn't to say that you know that's the thing it's like you don't know if or when it will ever happen and that's what we're fighting right is 
the if and when and not knowing and he's never had those moments himself and I'm very thankful for that but I feel like also we've kept those doors open you know to talk about those things we've gone from the beginning to now through it all together we've kept it that way um to where I feel like a lot of you know relationships don't have that and um that's another thing that you know like I want to fight and bring that communication to each other is because it is so important to you're the one at home you're the one seeing like why is he acting like this all of a sudden like to where at work you know you're almost like you can put on that uniform and be someone else and to where when you come home you're taking that off and you're seeing the real raw them and it's like you know there have been days though like he has come home from calls and I know or um times where his you know people that he's worked with have passed on the job and he's come home and it just rocked him and it's just like and me as a wife it's like do I sit there and leave him alone? Do I, you know, be with him? Like, what does he need? Like gauging those things, like where he's at. And um, it's definitely a learning process because everyone is different. And, um, but I think he's been really great at allowing me to figure out those with him. And, um, you know, there's been times where he's like, yeah, I just want to lay here. I don't want to talk. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, hard, hard things like, you know, a friend dying or, um, you know, just really hard calls. And um, he's also for his department, he's part of, you know, the employee support services where, he, you know, he's helping others get through those things too, if he needs to. Um, and that's new for him, but like, there's definitely those times where as a wife, you see that difference in them. And it could be from, a really hard call to, you know, they're just purely exhausted and that one call just, you know, they kind of mentally incapacitate it because it's just like, it was just too much because they're so exhausted. Like, you know, there'd be times where he would work because I don't, I don't, we didn't talk about this. My husband's um, shifts is actually 72 hours. So he would work 72 hours and have to come drive home seven hours and it could have been from a night that he had been up the whole night so wow. just like him coming home and just being like I'm just done like I'm so mentally done like I just need to nap for me it was just like hey kids like let's go do something else like we're just gonna leave dad alone <laughs> and like trying to keep that distraction when they're you know they haven't seen their dad in three days and it's like well I'm so excited. And it's like, okay, be excited for a minute, but then we're going to go, or I'll be like, hey, let's go play a game. And that's easily for them, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. And mom wants to play with us. And so, um, yeah, there's, fortunately for us, we haven't had those moments, but there's, you know, definitely things that you do work through together, um, whether that extreme or not. So and that's a whole nother ball game with, you know, trying to distract and deviate from, your kids who are so excited to see dad and don't understand why he doesn't want to play with us. He does, didn't he miss us? And it's hard to explain to them, especially at a young age, what's going on. But through this, through this process, not only are you learning, they're learning and it's mm -hmm. a conversation you have with them. Um, so, you know, going back to having these, 
you know, hard and negative thoughts that could potentially cause, you know, self-harm or, or whatnot. These are very real topics. And I know that you mentioned with your organization, you've had um, people come in and, you know, give workshops and how to go about this. Um, and that's amazing. That's, that's wonderful. Um, so with your organization, like what are your next steps that you want to accomplish? Like, do you want more people to kind of jump on board and have these workshops? And so where do you, where do you see it going and what would you like to accomplish with it? With being so new, um, we're just getting started. So, um, for me, it's to get through COVID so we can actually do these things. <laughs> right. right. Um, because I'm like chomping at the bit, you know, like I just, I want to provide these things and I, I, I feel like I can only provide so much through social media or through zoom. And these types of things are, you need to sit down and see physically that there are other people going to the same thing as you. And that, you know, that, opens up the doors of communication or hearing um there's just something so different about being in person so until we're able to um do those things in person that's the hard part for us right now is a lot of what we want to do is in person and um so right now it's just a matter of being able to do workshops like um I think things just opened up to where you can have 12 people but um I feel like that even in itself, like is a really small group, you know, um, we have so many departments where I live that I, and that's the other thing too, like it is open to all departments. Um, and I just want to be able to provide like either small workshops for either for just for firewives, maybe even during fire season, like, Hey, you know, like here's some things you can learn tips and advice. And I also want to provide that place where, you know, you can come as a couple and learn together. That might be a harder barrier to break, but I feel like it will happen. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to start off with the seminar and have those speakers that I knew both sides would want to hear from and that were well, well respected from both sides. And so like having those things happen is kind of hard right now, but um, those are kind of my goals right now. Um, Eventually, I don't, I don't know, I'm just more so focused on like, you know, getting those things off the ground that I'm just kind of wherever I feel like it needs to be is definitely, you know, like, I'm gonna try to make that happen. So, yeah, and of course, it's gonna, I feel like something like this, in particular, will only snowball and more doors are going to open, more people are going to want to jump on board and, and lend their services, more hands are going to raise and say like, hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I didn't know this existed. Thank you for being a voice. Um, and to piggyback off of what John was saying earlier with, um, you know, how his father was, um, you know, pretty closed off. Um, you know, my father was the same exact way. Now that I'm a firefighter, I understand why we couldn't have candles or incense. So mm -hmm. it's, it all, it's kind of clicking now, but you know, the mentality aspect of it too, seeing those hard, um, you know, scenes, fire scenes, car accidents, um, overdoses, what have you, it's, you take that home and now I can understand that in my father and why he didn't come home and, you know, want to open up to my mom and, 
and voice everything he was feeling. It's hard. It's hard to go from, you know, big, tough, you know, I have to put on this facade that nothing's going to break me during the operations. And then completely like you said, the metaphor, you know, taking off that uniform and then coming into the home life and, you know, just there's no off button. Um, So I think what's really interesting to note is the generation, like the switch. So over time, you know, with me and my boyfriend who's NYPD, it is hard, especially right now with everything going on with the protests. Um, I had a mental breakdown about it. I don't know how he hasn't, but I'm at home petrified for him. Um, And it's hard. And he is just very open about it. And I see him about 10 minutes a day, if I'm lucky, we'll walk the dog and I just let him talk. I don't, whatever he wants to talk about, if he wants to talk about like the tree or work or, you know, the dog, like whatever you want, that's the decompression. Like you said, that's your time. And I feel like our generation is, the younger generations are starting to really acknowledge that and, you know, value that. Whereas you can look back to John's, you know, parents, my parents, um, you know, older generations where that communication wasn't a thing. Um, so hopefully, you know, like I said, with, with everything that you're providing and, and just like, you know, the, the age group, it's, it's, it's becoming a lot easier and the conversation is more likely to be had rather than turning, you know, a cold shoulder to it and pretending everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also to, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you're saying is I don't think it's necessarily like just a fire um, mentality, but like I, my dad, I remember I've only ever seen him cry once in my whole life. Like, and that was when my brother-in-law passed and um, it was just one of those things that just rocked me because it was like, um, I guess my, my dad's kind of like old cowboy way, like cowboys mm-hmm. don't cry. Like we don't, right? you know, like <laughs> we're tough and we don't show those emotions. So like, I guess I kind of like familiarized with that too, like in a way, because my dad wasn't a firefighter, um, but he had that mentality too. I think that's just that generation of, we don't talk yeah. about feelings and things, which, you know, there's some, I feel like good things from that. Like, I don't want to disregard that because I feel like there are times when that definitely is needed. Like, we don't break down in these hard times. Like, even as a fire wife, we, right. I'm not going to break down in this moment because I have to stay strong for my family. Mental resilience, and, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just kind of saying that, like, what you were saying is just like that. There is that, you know, and with the fire life, it's, yeah, you can have that too, but there is a time when things get really real. Like it is okay to talk about those things. And I think that's kind of more of like the stigma of, you know, not talking about anything at all. And just, there's a time when you can talk about those things. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, I can see your hamster wheel turning. Say it now. No. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, who are we talking to? <laughs> I was like, you know, 
No, I'm just I'm so fucking tired. I'm just trying to. It's not you. It's just that I. He's still coming down. I'm <laughs> yeah. still coming down. I'm fucking tired now. Um, I'm just like I'm. I'm listening and I'm kind of zoning out a little bit, but I'm mm-hmm. sitting listening. And That's just, normal. That's normal for Mike. <laughs> it's what we call active listening. <laughs> It's different from selective hearing, which is what most wives can, you know. What? What'd you have. Say? I know you heard me. I didn't hear a damn word you said. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question, Abby. So um, I know, I know it's um, you know firefighter wife, but um, are you open to having, um, you know, firefighter? husbands first responder husbands um because that you know i'm sure you know i went yesterday i had it was my birthday and i went to a working fire that took up a big chunk of the day and missed a my party that was happening without me and you know my boyfriend's family was there i got my mom on the phone while i was changing out my bottle and you know i'm like mom i'm gonna be late and she was yelling at me mm-hmm. and i'm like it's, it's great that my, my boyfriend is like, oh, go get him, like, have fun, you know, do a good job. And he understands, but like my family didn't understand and they were all pissed at me and it's my day, like, and I came home and they're all angry. So um, totally sidetracked, but you know, like I'm lucky enough to have a first responder, you know, future husband who, you know, quote unquote gets it mm-hmm. and we can have these conversations, but that doesn't mean he's still not fearful for me and everything I'm going through. And I can only imagine like if I was dating anyone else who had, you know, say like a nine to five and they, I would leave in the middle of the night or I would be gone during a holiday or your birthday, or, you know, I, I leave the kids with you and I run out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it goes, I'm sure there's husbands out there who, you know, would love to sit in this program as well and, you know, hear everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, I speak from my life as a fire wife, um, but it is open to the girlfriends. It is open to the husbands of the firefighters and it is open to whoever meets those qualifications. What doesn't matter which way it goes. Um, it's just something that I can only speak on from my perspective and from my life, you know, so it's, for me, I, I catch myself saying fire wife a lot, even though I'm talking to anyone that can relate to what I'm saying technically. But um, for me, like I am so used to talking from my experience that I say fire wife a lot. But, but um, those things I definitely, you know, it is important for, and I've tried, I've been trying to transition into saying home life to firefighter, like, to where it kind of covers all the spectrums because you have firefighters who are just starting out and are living at home too, you know, like mm-hmm. with their parents and it's like the parents don't understand or, you know, they're not in a relationship at all. Like, um, okay, yeah. so there's so many dynamics and different things that, you know, it could reach. But, um, for, for me, like I'm just doing what I know and what I can reach. And if that reaches them, then that's great. And I, I'm so thankful that, you know, I'm able to help them too. So I'm totally open to whatever. Eventually I would love to start opening up more avenues to that too. Um, I guess that would be, you know, like we were talking about earlier, something in the future. Um, But 
for like say the seminar I'm so more than happy to have you know a firefighter and like her husband come that's at home or working a different job you know that doesn't get the lifestyle that's totally you know falls into what we're doing and um, I've actually written a blog I did a um, because I as a firewife I feel like there was like there's that you know um, how do I want to say that there's female firefighters, obviously, you know, and I've written the blog. Um, I interviewed three different women who are firefighters and asked some different questions. And it was just like, because I wanted to know more from their perspective too, because I can't provide that. Like, I don't know what that is like as a female firefighter. And so I brought in women, you know, who one of them, um, you know, talks about things, you know, how hard things are and it's all anonymous. So like, you know, their names are not on there or anything, but like, they're just, it brings in that part of it too, I feel like. Um, but like, that's the only way I could think of to provide that. So like, I have written a blog on those, but. Um, yeah. So you're like, you're essentially the facilitator of these topics and viewpoints. Um, and that's, you have your area of, you know, I want to say expertise of being a firefighter wife, but that's, that's great that you're, like you said, it home life. It affects the the 19 year old who just joined the department and their parents don't understand or can't, you know, um, have that conversation with them. And, you know, it, it does affect husbands, it does affect girlfriends, so on and so forth. So I think it's great that you started from your personal experience and then realized that it is all encompassing and you are now the facilitator of these conversations. Um, that could be had. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Don. <laughs> See it, Travis. It's a, when, I, when I came back in, I'm so glad it was muted because I was definitely singing Bon Jovi at the top of my lungs. So I was just living on a prayer, man. Gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Lives it on a chair. That's right. I mean, when you're from New England, I mean, it of Whoa, lipstick on a pair. <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. We're talking serious stuff, Mike, and then you bring it right. And then the first word I've said in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's and the this is where we're at. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. We're humans. Um, exactly. <laughs> and, um, I had a, f a friend um, reach out to me. Um, they actually just dealt with a, a pretty serious call. Uh, when was it? It was, it, was, it was very recent. And she was like, you know, that call was horrible. You know, I, f I feel like crying, breaking down. Is this normal? I'm like, stop. Take a second. And I, and I, and I channeled James. I was like, you're human. It is okay to feel those feelings. Let yourself feel those feelings. If you need to talk to somebody, I'm here. I know what you're going through. I've been there, done that. Um, I can only talk to you about my, my experience and how I felt, but you know, what you're feeling is, is normal. You're a human. Um, it out. exactly. Cry. It is okay. Um, you know, I think 
as a guy, if somebody told me that it, it's okay to cry, I'll, you know, five, five, 10 years ago, I would have slapped you across the face and been like, daddy. Uh, but now it's like, okay, it, it, it is okay. Um, you know, I wasn't even on the department and, you know, watching, you know, all these, these, these firefighter funerals that have happened here in new England in the past year. Um, it, it's, it's okay to cry. And you kind of like, you're, you know, I, I went to a firefighter's funeral, you know, last September and you're, you're, you got one guy from one department, you got a Boston Lieutenant sitting on your, your left-hand side. And then you're like, <laughs> you play them yeah. up. You want to show, show that emotion because these guys that are sitting on your, you know, your right and your left, they're pretty well-known departments and there are guys that you respect and you're like, mm, and you kind of like have to fight through it. And I did not, I did not make it. Nope. I got, and luckily enough, the guy to my left, I actually know who's, who's from Boston. And he gave me the, the tap on the shoulder. Like it's okay. And, yeah. it, it, and it's, and it's tough. Cause you, we do have that, you know, firefighters are just meant are just put on this pedestal to be Superman and tough, rugged people. And no, we're, we're humans like everybody else. And, and I think people, it's, it's time for people to hear that. Um, we're human too. I mean, when that uniform comes off, you're, you know, you're a husband and for my husband, he's a father, like he has two little girls who just love him to death. You know, like he has a family who adores him. Like, and they're not just like they're not just firefighters yeah so they're artists like your husband or you know whatever else you know yeah yeah they have hobbies and they have children and they have friends and they're they're people and i yeah i think um we soon forget that you aren't superman maybe you think so while you're handling the job in the moment. But then, like you said, and I, I love that analogy that uniform comes off, but those thoughts and emotions and, and whatnot are still there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I actually thought of it last minute um, for this. And I was like, this would be a perfect episode for Stephanie to come on and join us and, you know, make her, her way to becoming a female truck schmuck. And, you know, and, <laughs> you know, cause you know, this, this past week hasn't been the easiest for you. Um, uh, you know, just you're with your boyfriend's job and career. It's, you know, we've, the three of us have been here and helped you out through, you know, literally. some lonely nights and we've sat here on this platform and we've shot the shit. We've, we've laughed up till four o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. and you know, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love having community-based things like Abby, your, your platform and, and ours, it's, it's, it's merging things together to show like, Hey, this is out here. There are things out here for, for, for firefighters and their families and, you know, police officers and their families, you know, we're, we're one big response, first responder family. And it's, and it's, it shouldn't be blue versus red or cops versus firemen. Um, yeah, we, we, we bust each other's balls and, you know, I even say from time to time, it's, you know, our, it's our step brothers and sisters in blue. Um, mm-hmm. it's exactly that yeah. we riding different police, you know, riding different vehicles to our emergencies, but 
you know, at the same day, at the, at the end of the day, we, we are there for the public. You know, we're just people that love, hate, get frustrated, you know, every single humanly emotion. And, and here we are and we're talking about it. And I, and I love the fact that we're, we're talking about the, the elephant in the room as me and Travis usually call it. And I, I, I thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for letting me be here. <laughs> I appreciate it too. And, and the, just... I actually found out uh, about Abby's platform is because of our lovely um, Chief Miller media family. Yeah. Um, and I was like, and then I started reading and I'm like, I, I started following and I love the, we, we collectively as the truck schmucks Instagram started following Abby. Um, and then I started seeing the, the motivational, inspirational, like be positive quotes. I'm like, and the past couple of months, even at my adult job, as I call it, you know, it, it's been crap. It's been really tough. I hate, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I freaking hate my job. I hate getting up and going to work. And then I'm like, just on my break and I'm scrolling and I see that positive message. I'm like, I'm better now. I can get, <laughs> I got through this. It's only, it's only like eight more hours of work. It's fine. Um, so it, it's, it's a lot, awesome. you know, exactly. And I'm like, ah, and I'm not even just, I'm not saying that I'm literally saying, I'm hey, like, you told me she was going to be on. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, this has to happen. I was so excited. Uh, <laughs> I was. I'm thinking about getting the, you know, this group on. She's like, yes, you should. Yes, please. This, yeah, very, very excited for all this. And, and Abby, I don't know. I know during COVID, like you said, it's it's hard to get those um, in-person meetings together. But um, most definitely, like you know, such as this podcast, you're still you know, getting your word out and still making moves, um, you know, digitally and, you know, using platforms such as um, Zoom and, and Instagram. So if there is any way in which we can help individually, collectively, um, please, you know, let us know. Don't um, be shy to reach mm -hmm. out. Um, I, like I said, I'm a graphic designer. If you need any, um, you know, anything created, I'm happy to do it for you. Um, I love, I love everything that you are creating and stand for and, yeah. and, and whatnot. So I'm happy to help in any which way. So awesome. I super appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that, and, you know, I love ever, ever since we had uh Zuni on and I was like, he was our like first guest that we've, that we've had outside of our little circle um and it was it was literally bridging the east coast and the west coast and bringing them together and again we're we're doing it again um just because of you know this platform and i i love it i having guests on um and i i i again i appreciate and thank you for coming on and 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 sharing um the hour and a half that we've been on here um just sharing your story and you know your foundation story um so mike travis you got any concluders i'm just concluders. sort of echoing the same thing you said thank you for coming on here i'm definitely going to give uh i'm going to show my wife your your blogs and stuff like that so she can kind of see like she's not alone in some of the you know some of the more difficult times that we have mm -hmm. 
It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Um, and to echo what Stephanie said, anything you need, just, just give us a shout and we'll uh, see what we can do. Yeah. And same for you guys. You know, that's what I have, what I have is for, it's for our family. And, um, it, you know, if there's anything that I could do or, you know, back at you pretty much. And so. <laughs> Thanks. Ab. This entire time I've been, I've been staring at this awesome thin red line American flag and I'm like, still going to get me. <laughs> it is pretty cool. It's like the coolest part of this whole entire room because the other half <laughs> is a playroom. So don't get too like. No. I, that cool. <laughs> I've turned this awesome background that you see my spare bedroom in my house I've turned it into my workout area and speaking of my wife there she is um and um you know it's it's turned into my uh my <laughs> my recording studio so I'm gonna let you guys finish up and we'll just oh. call <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I I love this past hour and a half that we had and um I, I know I follow your, your page, but, um, I really wanted to hear, like I said, when John was like, we're having her on, I'm like, absolutely. I want to, you know, really dive into your story and, and, and everything that you've been working on growing and everything. And, um, so really cool. And I can't wait to see, you know, the next steps that you take and, and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. John um, actually started talking to us about uh, talking to you about um, just talking about things from the aspect of the firefighter's wife. And I was like, that's pretty fucking, it's awesome. Sorry, I'm just as tired as Bagel, so I'm having <laughs> issues finding my words. I'm going to circle talk a lot. So. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's fascinating that we're able to sort of put these things together and in a sort of way cobble them together. And there it, it'll be sort of a slow start, but I see like five, maybe ten years down the road, like Stephanie was saying, with our with the age group that we're all in and the younger generations, it's gonna take off and it's gonna become part of a normal part of being in the life of being a firefighter's wife or being a firefighter or whichever you're you know you just First being responder. there the fire family yeah. yeah yeah so it's definitely been enlightening talking to you yeah well uh, mostly uh, listening to you yeah <laughs> for once i were I'm, I'm like i hate talk i hate talking about myself for, so for me to like open up about little things it's it's super i'm like all right this is cool i'm talking about myself talking about my shared experience and how you love talking about yourself. Come on. I really don't like talking about <laughs> make it. I'd be really comfortable to like around people to talk to about myself. Um, I jokingly be like, eh, yeah, look at me. Uh, but yeah. and but to go in depth and share and share like the dark times in my life, it's super tough. Um, so and with this, I feel like it. It's it's. It, this is our platform. We need to open up and share because somebody else, you know, in another state, another country could be like, holy shit, I'm, I'm going through that too. So I'm not alone. And, and, you know, when I was going through it, I felt 
like I was the only one going through this. Nobody knew how, how I was feeling. And, and to know now that, okay, there is a whole group of people that feel like I did. Um, so, and that was the whole point of us starting this, that and to teach people how to stop the bleed. That was the other portion of this. And, but is to basically break the stigma of it's okay to open up boys and girls about our job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's shit. Um, but you know, it's okay to talk about it and, yeah. and what you're doing on at, at home, the home side that, you know, we kind of, we, we think about, and we, I definitely put in front of my mind every time I walk out the door to answer the call, um, or I'm on shift. Um, it's definitely something that I'm like, okay, this, this could be the call. And, you know, my wife always gets on my ass about you. You just told me that you loved me like five seconds ago. You could, you could not, I'm like, but that, that could be, um, you know, this, this ballet definitely went from, you know, the, the firefighter to, you know, the, the other side is experiencing a lot as well. What about them? Yeah. What's going on with them emotionally and, you know, it, th- their thought process. And, um, so definitely like the, the conversation changed the spotlight is shining on something else. As it should, because yeah, with, it's not just one-sided. With without the without the the folks at home, we can't we we won't be able to do our jobs as, as the best. We oh can. yeah, um, we'll just be, you know, you know. In yeah. my case, I'll be an I'll be a, I would be a lonely Irish Scotsman drinking <laughs> my whiskey in my chair by myself. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. So I've heard a a psychologist say one time, um, listening to her speak, she said that a lot of times she tells her firefighters or her first responders that come and see her to pick a spot on your way home to where you say, I am mentally changing into home life. Like I am no longer at work. I'm taking this off now and I'm putting on who I need to be at home. And so like just picking that spot on your home, I thought that was a really good, I don't know if it's even helpful because obviously I don't know that side, but like just be more conscientious of like what you are bringing home to is, you know, make a thing about it anyways. I love that. Cause that's, that's a grounding mechanism. That's, um, you know, when, when you feel overwhelmed or lost, it's, you know, it, it's a grounding mechanism and when you going throughout your day, you know, just take a a simple day by day, you know, you wake up, you answer emails, you go drop the kids off at school, you go food shopping, you do this, 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 like the transition between tasks are very blurred and your mind is a constant go, go, go. So to have that grounding point where you say, okay, this part of my day is, is done. It's over with. I'm now mentally transitioning into something else that's such a great it's it's also like a visual cue you could say like the way i took it is if you know i pass this um you know billboard on my way home like i'm leaving behind everything that i just went through my day my tour and i'm now entering my home environment and that's not to say that i'm not 
you know, bringing things from my day with me, but it's, it's like a visual and a mental, you know, transition. And that's, that's a beautiful way to put it. I love that. Yeah. There we go. There we are. I always have to like mute myself because it's like dogs barking and and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, 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 Stephanie just ran the show today, um, which is awesome. <laughs> um, <Sorry. laughs> no, no, no. It's not a problem with that. <laughs> you've, you've, you've seen it firsthand that I, I, I'm like, guys, guys. Um, but yeah, I, again, um, I, that's all I got. Mike, bit Travis. Pretty much that's all I've got too. Yeah. We got through a whole podcast without the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear them in the living room and my husband in the living room, but oh, okay. so I put these on. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> yeah. Uh, again, thank you for coming on and um, we'll let you know when, when this episode releases so you can share it on, on your social media platforms. Um, so yeah, I, thank you for joining us. Awesome. Yes, thank, thank you, you very for much. Having, thank you guys. <laughs>